Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Mauricio Raul. Thanks for being on the show again, Mauricio. Thanks, Whitney. Great to be on, man. I think it's number four, isn't it? I think so. At least that many. Uh, Mauricio has been very gracious with his time, and and he, we've done numerous shows together. Uh, obviously, he has a skill set that every syndicator needs to be aware of, or needs to know somebody like have somebody like him on your team. So important. I mean, we've talked about uh, beginner's guide to avoiding common mistakes in syndication. That was show one hundred ninety four. Uh, show two sixty two was how to be a legitimate co sponsor. So important, and we're going to touch on a little bit of that today, and even some changes. Uh, that you need to know about if if you're whether you're an operator or a co-syndicator or a passive investor, you should understand some of this. Uh, but even uh, we did a show three seventeen on considerations for dealing with international investors as well. Uh, and so, uh, Mauricio, again, welcome to the show. Uh, and a little bio, in case you, the listener, you haven't heard of Mauricio before. He's the founder and CEO of Premier Law Group, one of the premier syndication attorneys in the country that spends 100% of his practice on syndications for real estate investors. He regularly travels around the country speaking uh, to real estate investors and entrepreneurs, educating them about syndication, the legal pieces, how it fits into the overall syndication puzzle. He shared the stage with the likes of Robert Kiyosaki, Ken McElroy, uh, Rod Cleef, Brad Sumrock, and of course, the real estate guys. Uh, Mauricio is known for taking complex matters and making them easy to understand and is jokingly referred to as one of the law- a few lawyers who actually speaks English. Uh, so Mauricio, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure uh, to have you on. I know we're going to discuss uh, numerous things today that anyone in this business, like I mentioned, needs to know about. Uh, at least you didn't know enough that they need to contact somebody like yourself, right? You know, and, and I, you know, it's it's so important. I, there's so many, it's too there's too many complexities, too many moving parts to think that okay, me as the operator, you know, that I can figure out all these things, or even think that I can find some document on the online that that's going to help me to do this, you know, correctly and protect myself or our investors. Uh, but again, welcome to the show. Let's dive in, Mauricio. No, thanks, Wendy. And yeah, I mean, I would, let's touch on that for two seconds. I mean, you know, as a syndicator, I was, well, you say I travel around the country. I used to travel around the country. I haven't left, I haven't left the house in six months. <laughs> but uh, when I did travel around the country, that's one of the things I always stress that, you know, your job as a syndicator isn't to know, it's not to be the technician, right? It's not to, to know every little nook and cranny and every statute and every law. You just have to have a kind of a contextual understanding so you can have intelligent conversations with your experts. You're the quarterback of the team. You're putting this jigsaw puzzle together, just know enough about, in this case, the syndication rules that you can have intelligent conversations with your securities attorney. You can ask the proper questions and and, and get through. You don't need to know everything. It's who, not how. Yes, that's exactly right. It's who, not how. And you better have somebody like Mauricio on your team. Uh, so, you know, let's jump in a little bit to uh, some of these changes and, some, you, know, you know, things that have happened recently and, and things that, you know, these guys that are listening, gals too, that are getting into this business and operating and, and uh, you know, what's happened that they need to know about uh, some changes and uh, let's dive in. Hey, Whitney, I don't know what's going on, but there's been a, a, a flurry of, of updates and new rules and proposed rules literally in the last two months, I would say. And I don't have an answer as to why. I don't know if it's because the administration was changing and they wanted to get everything done. But just out of nowhere, there's been all these great updates uh, to the point I, I think I have to, you know, I finally, after all this time, 
got together and got my book done, The Five Things Every Syndicator Must Know to Stay Out of Jail. And now I feel like I got to go back in and rewrite some of those chapters because uh, one of them, which you mentioned, uh, you know, I talk a lot and we've talked about on the show as well, is this this idea of paying people to raise money for you, right? The money raiser issue, which has become a huge hot button lately. The SEC is really cracking down on this. There's, as you know, there's a, a ton. And we, I think the last time we spoke, I knew of one or two. Now I know of five or six uh, investigations that the SEC is conducting on this issue of paying money raises. Because as a syndicator, obviously, probably one of the harder things for most, especially if you're starting out, is, is actually raising the money. So it's very tempting that when somebody comes along and says, hey, Whitney, I've got a bunch of investors over here and you know we can probably bring in a million bucks or 700 grand to your deal, but hey, I want to I want to get a piece of the pie or I want a, a cut of the deal. Or I want to be a GP and all that stuff. It's very tempting. And so what's been happening is, you know, and that's why we did the show on the co-sponsors is the, peop- the way people were kind of trying to get around the rule is to become a co-sponsor, right? And just say, hey, I'm part of the GP and therefore I'm good. And the problem is you're not good by merely being a member of the GP. The, the analysis, just like the securities analysis, is the same. It's not whether you're technically a GP or, you know, you're officially on the books, you're not a- technically on the books. It all has to do about, are you getting compensated, what we call transaction-based compensation? Anytime you're getting paid only when somebody invests in your deal, uh, either a percentage of the deal or just it doesn't happen until you get paid, that's transaction-based compensation. And the only people up until now that can get paid for transaction-based compensation are broker-dealers, right? But nobody's a broker-dealer, but everybody's out there acting like broker-dealers, and that's the problem, right? But, you know, there's a new, literally, a, I don't even want to call it a proposed rule. So here's what happened. Literally, I don't remember the exact, I want to say it was early, not to date us too much, but about three weeks ago, there was literally a press release. That's the state of where we are on this proposed rule. But there's basically a move by the SEC to expand that and actually allow people to start getting compensated for making referrals to people or raising capital, you know, legally, because they, I think they've recognized that most of us, you know, even if you're doing really well in our business, uh, Whitney, as you know, we're not raising $100, $200 million, right? We're not, we're not JP Morgan. We're not Blackstone. We're not raising billions or hundreds of millions. We're raising a million, two million, five million, ten million. And it's not realistic for us to use broker dealers. They just, broker dealers usually don't like to get out of bed unless they're bringing 25, 50 million bucks. And so there's a gap because if you have to use a broker dealer to raise, to help other people raise money for you, but you're only raising a million, two million, three million, that's, there's a gap there. And that's where I think the SEC came in and said, hey, recognizing that that's uh, an issue there, um, a hole, whatever you want to call it, in, in the system. And so what they did was they literally came out with a press release. So just, just so that everybody knows how early we are in this process. And these are what they're kind of, I don't want to say they're proposing. Yeah, they are proposing, but it's more like, here are some ideas we have. That's where we're at, right? And so they've requested some comments from the public to kind of say, hey, are we crazy with this? Or, you know, give us some feedback. And that will then lead to a, um, a proposed rule probably next month or next quarter. But essentially what they want to do is say, look, they're going to allow you as a, as a individual or a company to refer investors to a syndicator and get compensated transaction-based compensation meaning we're going to be able to do exactly what we're talking about now that we can't do, they're going to allow us to do. So you, you know, I could have a couple of investors and I could call Whitney up, say, Whitney, I've got three investors here and, you know, they've got 500 grand to put in. I'd love to refer them to you. And if, and, and if they invest in your deal, I want you to pay me a certain amount of money or I want you to give me 5% of the deal or 10% of the deal. That's transaction-based compensation. That's going to be allowed under this proposed rule. Now, it still has to be 
it has to be disclosed, obviously, to the investors coming in, because obviously that does affect their analysis of the investment, whether you're getting compensated for making that referral. But unlike finders, where you're not really allowed to participate at all in that whole transaction, this proposed rule will actually allow you to, first of all, pre-qualify the people that you know, right? You can actually talk to them, you can vet them, you can find out what they're, what they're looking for, what their profile is, what the risk factors. You'll be able to go through the syndication documents with them. You can literally sit down next to them, open up the PPM and, and walk through the PPM and explain the investment to them. Can't make any recommendations, right? Because that would be definitely broker deal activity. Uh, but you're gonna be able to do that. You're gonna be able to actually sit in and participate once you make the introduction. Right now, there's some finder rules where you can make an introduction, but you can't, that's it, that's all you can do. Here, you're gonna be able to be part of the meeting, be part of the phone call. Again, you can't make any recommendations. And we could only pay for, I mean, we had to pay for a referral whether they invested or not before. If you went through right. the finders, which is a really, it's a really fine line, it's a tight rope you've got to walk in, and only some states have, it doesn't exist at the federal level, but at the state level, like Texas, which is a good one, they have a finder rule. And yes, you're getting, you're getting compensated for making the introduction. So it doesn't matter whether that person invests in your deal, doesn't invest your deal, it's just a phone call, it doesn't matter because that's not what you're getting paid for, that's not transaction pay, you're simply referring them and say, hey, uh, Whitney, I understand, you know, John's looking for an investment, Whitney, I know you've got one, let me, let me connect the two of you and then I'm out. And then if you're gonna pay me $100 every time I make an investment or $5,000 to send an email out or whatever that compensation, as long as it's not contingent on the person investing, there's ways to do it, but it's impossible because again, most people can't stay within the lines. And you know, most people want to be involved somehow in the in that transaction. They're either participating in the phone call with the investors or they're 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 giving recommendations. Hey, this Whitney's a really great sponsor and this is a great investment. I highly recommend you invest in this deal, like that kind of stuff. So it's really tricky. But with this one, it's much more than a finder. I and mean, even though they're calling it finders, to be to be to be clear. Uh, the SEC is referring to these people as finders, but they really are a lot more involved. Now, there are some limitations. It's not just all gravy, uh, at least as it stands right now. And that is they're going to limit those referrals to accredited investors only. So that's, that's, a, that's, you know, that's one, one limitation. And you're not going to be able to go out and find new people to then refer to the sponsors, right? You have to have some kind of a, well, you're not going to be able to go advertise. So I'm, again, I don't know, but it's, I'm guessing it's going to be something similar. You have to have a pre-existing relationship, uh, you know, what level of relationship, we don't know. But there's going to have to, you won't be able to go on Facebook and just, you know, market and get a thousand investors in the door, then turn around and, and refer those people to a sponsor and get compensated. You've got to know them already. It's got to be in writing, obviously, that you know, those things make sense. But it's just going to be super exciting to see where it goes. Now, again, just to caution everyone, because I got I get excited. A lot of people get excited about it. And by far, of all of these updates, this is the most relevant and most fascinating. But it's just literally a press release. Okay, so what's going to happen is we're coming up at the end of a 30-day comment period where people like me, like you, anybody in the that has a stake in, in syndications will write letters to the SEC and say, yeah, this is a great idea. Other people will say it doesn't go far enough. We've got to extend it to non-accredited. Some people are going to say this is a terrible idea. Like there's just going to be all these comments and that's going to lead to what they call a proposed rule, which probably will happen first quarter of next year is my absolute guess based on what I've seen before. You know, then there's another comment period section. And then, you know, I think on average, I've seen these probably at the end of the year, you know, fourth quarter of next year is when I would expect it to happen. But then some of these regs, I mean, when 506C came out or the actually the crowdfunding, the regulated crowdfunding came out, it took forever to come up with a proposal. But anyway, that to me is the most exciting one. I, I hate to belate it, but uh, of all of the updates, that to me is the one that, and I know a lot of my clients are excited. They're asking me about it already. And I keep reminding people, 
it's just a press release at this point. It's not the rule. And uh, so just just keep an eye on it. And, and, and maybe as this legislation or not legislation, as this rule progresses, you know, maybe we can come up and, and keep updating you guys. Yeah. So as far as compensation based pay or referrals or co-sponsoring, things like that, we, we're sticking. I mean, right now, you need to stick to the same rules we've always had because uh, it is only a press release. I just want to make that very clear. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully within a year's time or, or less, we'll know uh, exactly what that rule is and what that means for us. That's right. And one other thing that, that may, which is relevant, and again, it's just vague, uh, you know, whether you will be able to be a co-sponsor in a deal, kind of like what people are doing now. One of the prohibitions right now is you're not going to be able to be involved in the structuring and the preparation of the documents. So that tells me that maybe you won't be able to be an actual co-sponsor. You'll literally have to be a third party that literally will refer people to the to the syndicator and the syndicator will then uh, pay them a percentage or a flat fee or whatever based on that on that transaction. Nice. Well, so quickly hit on there then. What's the difference in that person being a, a co-sponsor or just, you know, and being part of the GP versus being part of the GP? Being a co-sponsor and being part of the GP are the same thing. They're just different vernaculars in my world. But the difference, right. just real quick, the difference is in order to be considered what I would consider a legitimate co-sponsor that gets you around the requirement of having to be a broker dealer. Because as a co-sponsor, you're not the issuer or as a sponsor. Like when you put a deal together, you are not the issuer. You are the general partner. You're the sponsor, but you're not the actual issuer. So you have to figure out, well, why am I not registering as a broker dealer? And it's because there's an exemption and there's some rules. And the, the 30 second, 15 second version of that is that the sponsor has to be number one, performing substantial duties, real mm-hmm. stuff, right? And their primary role needs to be working on those substantial duties. It can't be primarily raising the money. So all these people that just go raise the money. And then once the money's in and the deal closes, they, they have no more duties. Those are the issues that have come out and definitely cannot get paid transaction-based compensation. So this, hey, if I raise a million bucks, you give me 10%. If I raise 2 million, you give me 20%. That's definitely off the table as it stands right now. So I also wanted us to touch on, uh, you know, just like the the accredited uh, investor definitions and how they have changed a little bit. I know that's some new stuff that, uh, you know, and we haven't really talked about that on the show yet. So I'm I'm thankful to have you on. And let's, let's talk about that. Have you not talked about it on the show yet? Well, this is uh, no, uh, I haven't had many well, attorneys you know what, I, you know what, Look, let me, let, let me, I'll give you my, my editorial version first. Uh, as it stands right now, it's not super groundbreaking, but it, it lays the foundation for us to get some really interesting changes in, in the accredited investor rule. Literally could be next week, next month, next, you know, we don't know. But anyway, here's the deal. Accredited investor at, up until now, as of, as of, this, this final rule was always based on income or net worth, right? For individuals, just as a reminder, a million dollars in net worth, excluding your primary residence, or you have earned $200,000 the last couple of years, last two years with a reasonable expectation of earning that much this year. That was your typical definition. And the issue has always been, well, is that really a great metric, right? Just because you have a lot of money, does that really mean that you're qualified to invest? Does that mean you're really sophisticated? Because as we all know, there's plenty of people who have a ton of money and they're the biggest morons in the room. And there's plenty of people who don't have they're very modest monies, but they're the smartest guys in the room. So, so that's been the debate. And they finally came out with a, uh, there was a proposal came back in December of last year. And now it passed uh, just a couple of months ago, but it doesn't become effective. And well, by the time this gets released, it will be effective. Um, but essentially it, it, it now allows people to become accredited via a certification process, meaning I can go to a certified institution, which we don't know what that looks like, but the SEC is going to designate certain institutions or companies that are that are that have the authority to, to provide these courses. You're going to be able to go take a course, 
presumably pass an exam, and then you will be certified as an accredited investor and now be able to invest as an accredited investor. Now, the issue is right now is that we don't know anybody, nobody's been certified, at least that I checked them last week yet. So there, right now, there's, there's no institution that you can go run out to and, and go take this course and get certified. I have no idea what the length of the course is. I don't know if it's a weekend getaway, if it's a semester, if it's a year-long program, if it's uh, you know an online course for two hours. Like I, I, I have no idea on that. But there's going to be some kind of a course, some kind of an exam, some kind of a passing where you get your diploma that now says, hey, I'm an accredited investor. I am now going to be eligible to, uh, to invest in your deals. Now, I shouldn't say that nothing's changed. As it stands right now, there is a few people that will that now qualify as an accredited, uh, actually as of December 8th, uh, as, an, as an accredited investor that before wasn't. And those are people who are registered investment advisors because they've got that certification already. So people who have a Series 7, a Series 65, or a Series 82, because they've taken a course, passed, uh, passed an exam, and received a license, that those people are now going to be considered accredited. And there's going to be something similar that's going to be coming out, as I said, with SEC designating some some institutions, some people, some groups uh, with the authority to give these exams and, and, and certify. So that's exciting. That's going. That is going to expand the pool of accredited investors. And and, and again, not to leave anybody behind. There, there's a lot of exemptions that we rely on, so that we don't have to. Re- we don't want to be registering our securities with the SEC. A lot of our exemptions uh, will be dictated whether you can accept or not accept accredited investors. So this 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 issue is an important one for us because. If you're only able to take accredited investors, like some of the exemptions are, having obviously a larger pool of, of, of prospects helps a lot. Well, I can see us too. Like we've stuck with 506Bs because we have so many non-accredited that have been so faithful to invest like in every deal, you know, and I would imagine they could be certified. You know, they've invested in that many deals. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they can do that. And maybe we help them, you know, somehow to accomplish that. And then we could even do 506Cs if enough of them uh, you know, if we wanted, but at the moment, you know, we haven't needed to. Well, yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. And the other question I have is, is, is how many people are, go, you know, if, if you're an investor who wants to, you're a serial and passive investor and you want to have access to all these deals and yes, and it may make sense for me to go take an exam and become accredited. But, but if you're not, if you're approaching someone and they're not accredited, they're certainly not going to be like, Oh, well, look, you can go get a certification, go run down the street, pass a test and then come back to me in three weeks. Uh, I doubt that's going to happen. But uh, but if you're an investor, if you're a passive investor out there and you you just are frustrated because you don't have access to some of these deals that are only available to accredited investors, then it's something to look into them to become an accredited investor. How long that takes, I have no idea. Maybe you'll be able to go down to the DMV and, and do something, have it on your license. <laughs> you know what's really, I know, I know we're running out of time, Whitney, but, but there's a, another, you know, set of rules literally became final uh, a few weeks ago that they're not officially on the books yet. And again, there's always like a 60 day delay on these things, but you mentioned 506B because there's some new, I don't want to get into the detail of it, but there's some new integration rules that, that have shortened the time frame between, uh, you know, having two offerings combined into one, which is not something we want to have. You're now actually able, you talked about 506B, you're going to be able now, which you can't right now, but you can now start a 506B and then in midstream, change your mind or just be like, hey, I've, I've run out. I need to raise so much money that I've, I've run out of my non-accredited people that I know, friends and family. You could then switch midstream into a 506C, start complying with 506C, start advertising your stuff, take accredited investors only, take reasonable steps to verify. And those two will not be integrated, uh, which I think is a of all of the integration examples and rules, that's going to be the most practical for some of them. Because there's a lot of people that I know, and you know too, probably it's happened to you too. It's like, you, you don't really want to go 506C 
because you have all these non-accredited. Well, you could start with the non-accredited, raise a million bucks or whatever, and then in midstream switch it, advertise, just take a credit at that point. And then you've got to take the reasonable test to verify the new people. But that little pivot thing, I think, is going to be also interesting, something to look for and see if people take advantage of that. And when will that take effect? That's actually taking effect. That's that's a final rule, but it's 60 days from from the time. I think that passed early November. So I'm maybe by the time this podcast comes out, it may be not, but it's going to be right around January and February. But that wow. actually passes that's out. going to be it's going to be interesting to see how different operators use that. Uh, that's wow. Okay, yeah. no, I appreciate you bringing yeah. that up. Do you, you want to give us one or two things, uh, just highlights out of your book, uh, uh, the five things every syndicator must know to stay out of jail. Uh, maybe it's six or seven things now. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and rewrite. So one of them was that was um, you can't pay money raises, but now maybe I'm going to have to change that. Say, well, maybe you can in certain circumstances. Um, you know. And the other, the, the second one I do talk about about is is the the, the the things that people should know is is the advertising rules. Like people are on social media advertising left and right uh, that improperly doing that. But there are some these integration rules I think will allow you to do some stuff that previously was a little bit on the gray area. Like these famous post closing posts, people celebrating that they uh, that they've closed on a deal. That might actually, in my opinion, now may may have changed to be okay based on these new rules that have come out. But I have a chapter on uh, on that on, on you know you know, how to use social media, basically, when you're doing a 506B. I talk a lot about, you know, not even realizing that you're dealing with a security. Um, that's a big one. People calling things joint ventures, people doing a promise, or, you know, people trying to get around the securities law. That's actually my first chapter, because that's the biggest mistake it that is. most indicators make. So that was number one. Uh, and then we talk about, uh, you know, uh, establishing, having to establish pre-existing substantive relationships. So it's, and there's five of them. And uh, you're, you're, I'm happy to share the, the ebook for free when, for, to your listeners. Uh, whenever they want. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, Mauricio, do you have a couple of, of daily habits that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? I get up early. We've talked about this on, I think on, on the air and also, you know, off the air when we've been hanging out, but, um, and you do too, you get up early. I get up super early. And, and I mean, like sometimes with a three handle three, three thirty in the morning. Um, not, not all the time, but, but on, on average four thirty, I'm up and it just, I get such a great jump in the morning, you know, we were just joking, you know, by 7.30 in the morning, I, I feel like I've gotten, a, you know, a whole half day's worth and, and I think it's lunchtime and it's like 7.30. <laughs> so it's just a great, it's a great, that's, that's been a huge change that I implemented when my kids got, were born actually. Nice. It's at least, uh, you know, the time for your third cup of coffee at 7.30, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, that's, that's the one thing I got to stop really. I've been drinking a lot of coffee lately. I got to, I got to stop doing that. I went from drinking one cup of coffee to like, five or something a day, which is, which has got to stop. <laughs> What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? On the professional level, it's just adding value. Uh, you know, I come from that school of, of just the more value you can add. It's just, I've just been blessed with people responding to that. And, and that's one of my little superpowers that we talked about before is just, I take these complex securities matters and they are complex, which is one of the reasons I titled that book that way to stay out of jail, even though you're probably not going to jail. People take these rules really lightly. They're super complicated, but I just have this knack of of making them easy to understand. And, and I put a lot of content out there and that is, has just exploded our business on the professional side. How do you like to give back other than what you just talked about? You know, I like to give back by just, just doing this. I do a ton of, you know, free phone calls. I do a lot of videos. I do a lot of content and I just, you know, sometimes it, it seems like it doesn't make sense from an economic standpoint, but uh, I just find out that's, that's how I like to give back is just, just help people, especially if they're just starting, like they, they're not going to be able to afford and spend, you know, 15 or 20 grand on a securities lawyer because they're raising 50 grand. And, but, but I'm, I'm always happy to help. 
Awesome. Well, Mauricio, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. It's just been great to get to know you better over the last few years. I know we've been in a master, different masterminds a little bit and, and different places and conferences. And so uh, always a pleasure to catch up. Uh, grateful for your time and just sharing your expertise with the listeners and myself. Tell them how they can get in touch with you, learn more about you, uh, you know, in Premier Law Group. Yeah, so I'm just launching my website, the stayoutofjail.com, which is uh, where you can get a copy of the ebook. So that's a one good way to get a hold of me. Uh, my YouTube channel is where really I, I spend most of my time on and, and adding value. So there's a ton of videos. So just just search my name on on YouTube and and you'll find some videos and hopefully you can get some some value out of them. Awesome, that's a wrap, Mauricio. Thank you so much. Thanks, Reddy. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.